Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you from 1450, the Sports Buzz. Apologize for no show yesterday. The Reds were playing, so I had to take a back seat to Cincinnati baseball, which was a bummer because I've really been chomping at the bit to be able to get back on the air and talk about the football this weekend and Kentucky's huge win against Missouri. We're going to do that today, though. Uh, No guests on the show just to give us more time to talk about it. Some of the things we said to look out for against Missouri, some of them happened, some of them didn't. Uh, There's also been some big UK football news that's happened today. We'll talk about that. John Calipari in the news again. We'll also discuss that. So it's going to be a jam-packed show without a doubt. If you want to tweet in, you can, at T. Walker Rivals. Let me know what's on your mind. You can call into the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Sheep and Ram buzz line, 502-384-1450. And joining me on the show today, as he always does, Trevor Bacon. Kelsey, Trevor, how's it going? Did you miss me yesterday? Not you, but I did miss just being able to talk. Why Why do you lie to the people of Louisville, Southern Indiana, and everywhere else across the world that streams us on the 1450 app? You know you missed me. You, you're you having Kelsey withdrawals. It happens. I mean, I just, I, I, I didn't. I did, it wasn't you specifically, uh, but I did miss the, I did miss the show. M- many, many of women and, 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 and even men across the world have had Kelsey withdrawals. It's, it's a common symptom. It's okay to admit it. You're not alone. There will be a new show launching on 1450, the Sports Buzz, that I, I want to mention before we get started here today. Matt Denson is going to host a daily show from 11 to noon, and it will also be re-aired at 3, so leading up to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. Uh, and it's going to be, he's going to talk a little bit about everything. It's inside Kentuckyana Sports, but with a, a emphasis on Indiana Indiana sports, Hoosier sports. Uh, we don't talk a lot about the Hoosiers on our show. We do from time to time. Uh, we talk a little Louisville, but you saved the Louisville talk for Nick Coffee at 530. So now you'll have Indiana, Kentucky, and Louisville-driven shows on 1450, the sports buzz. Uh, we're touching on everything here in the in the triangle athletic region, Trevor. We, 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 got, we, get, all, we get everything into the triangle. Uh, we could talk a little bit about IU today if you like. They are the one and only uh, undefeated team remaining in this area. Well, that was the case last week as well. Well, yeah, but now they're four zero. You're you're right, and guess what? If they win next week, they'll still be undefeated. Can if you they win, that? if they win next week, I think we'll have. To, it's inevitable not to talk about them, regardless, because they'll be beating Ohio State. You're right. Uh, they're they're not going to beat Ohio State, and then the, the, the game day will feel bad for not coming there. No, they won't. They're going to Clemson, Notre Dame. That's a good game in itself. And you also have Alabama, Georgia this weekend. There's plenty of good games. Uh, that game they should have gone to before going to Bloomington, Indiana, to watch IU get beat by 25 against Ohio State. And no disrespect to IU, 4-0 is good. Going to Wake Forest on the road, I know Wake Forest isn't going to likely make a bowl and not have a great season, uh, but being able to win on a Power 5, being able to win on the road at a Power 5 school is impressive. But uh, I thought you saying they were only losing by 25 was your way of saying no disrespect. No. <laughs> That's true, too. If they were to lose by 25 to Ohio State, uh, that wouldn't be the, the worst thing in the world. But uh, did you have a good weekend? Did you watch a lot of a lot of football? I did, actually. I had, I had a great weekend. Thank you for asking. I was hoping you'd bring this up. Uh, not only did I get wins on Saturday and Sunday, I went 3-1 and one in fantasy football. 
Uh, last night was uh, a solid performance by Jamal Charles late in the game to help me with a FanDuel lineup that got me money, as well as uh, it was, well, actually actually wrestling was pretty underachieving last night. So outside of that, everything was a great three-day somewhat uh, weekend for me away from you. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear. Good sports weekend for me as well. Uh, Packers getting a easy win last night. Now, fantasy, I, I went one and two, but the one that I won in, I'm two and one in all my leagues, so I'm okay with that. I, I needed the one win that I got the win in. Uh, kind of upset a little bit because going into last night's game, Trevor, I was two points away, so basically a reception away from winning points for the week, and we give back money for the weekly point winner. And my team's not very good in that league. I'm probably never going to sniff getting points again. And two points away, and the one player I had was Devontae Adams. And he gets hurt on the third on the third play after getting thrown to on the first two. Uh, it was just a, a a bummer. So I didn't win points, but I did get the win. So uh, I'll move on with that. Green Bay got the win, so I can't be too upset. Kentucky also gets the win on Saturday, uh, and I was in Lexington taking in the 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 tailgating and the atmosphere and the environment and uh, and even seeing it on TV again and seeing the crowd in the stadium. First, I'm I'm going to talk about. The, the the fans that were there. Did the you fans enjoy a were, beverage there, by the way, TJ? The, the fans, uh, I played a little cornhole, and I, I like to have a beverage when I'm playing cornhole from time to time. But the fans that were there, they're UK football fans. They were loud. The atmosphere was electric. Really, from start to finish, there was, it, it, it was an SEC crowd. And Kentucky gets the win. We're going to talk all about that game. Patrick Tolles, like I said on Friday, has uh, is improves, takes a huge step forward. Looks like the quarterback that I that I thought he would look like all season. He makes smart throws. I he only had five incompletions. I would say maybe one or two of those were bad decisions, if even that. He was just off target on some of them. Uh, the 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 wide receivers. I don't know if they had a drop ball. At least drop balls that were incredibly catchable. The rushing attack was strong. JoJo Kemp stepped up as a as a veteran running back. Cats don't turn the ball over. No big special team mistakes. Ryan Ryan Timmons. We, we're gonna have to talk about him. Uh, he almost made some mistakes, but as you have it, no no huge mistakes. And UK's defense just continues to rock and play exceptional football. And you got to remember, this defense last year in the last six games gave up 44 points a, a game. And this year in SEC, they're giving up somewhere around 16 points a game. It's just incredible through three games, the 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 strides this defense has made. Mark Stoops, they're ahead of schedule. Everything is rocking for UK football, and UK football fans deserve that. They deserve how they feel today. They deserve how they felt Sunday and Monday. Just the sense of optimism. And I know nobody's going to get too pumped up or jacked up for the Eastern Kentucky game this weekend, and we'll talk more about that game as the week goes on. I understand that, uh, that... the Florida loss took a lot out of some UK football fans, or I'm not even going to call those guys UK football fans. Because, Trevor, I would guess, I don't know what they said the attendance was, I don't have it pulled up, but I would guess there was probably 
6,000 empty seats. For Missouri? For Missouri. 6,000 empty seats on Saturday. And uh, okay, I was, I'll take your word for that. Those, The fact that the attendance for that game, I don't care if it wasn't a sellout. I understand that. It was there was a chance of rain on Saturday. There was Missouri's not a sexy SEC opponent, despite being is, ranked. It, it, you're, I know. Don't. I, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get this thing moving. <laughs> I. You know, there's some factors that go into it that I can understand it maybe not being a sellout, but what I don't understand is that you can have. Elbow to shoulder to shoulder, scrunched up against Florida. You lose that game with a chance to win in the final minute, and six thousand people decide that it's not worth their time to head back out the next Saturday, despite having a two and one team being able to defeat a ranked opponent and move to three and one, and really set up a great chance at being four and one with Auburn coming to town. And I'm sure there are factors that'll say those six thousand people had obligations that prevented them from making a second trip either to Lexington or to the stadium nonetheless a week later. Or you could say, and this is maybe a little more towards the likeliness, that those six thousand people are the ones that are I mean, it's hard to call someone a UK football fan a Fairweather fan because Fairweather usually entitles them winning enough to get people jumping on a bandwagon. But the fans that are just wanting to be at the Florida game to be able to say they were there to see Florida get beat by Kentucky for the first time since 1986. Again, I I understand that the Florida game was the bigger game. I understand that that shriek brought a lot of people up. I understand that a lot of people would go went into that Florida game thinking that they were going to win. But the fans that I saw at Commonwealth Stadium on Saturday, they thought Kentucky was going to beat Missouri too. They were optimistic too. They were still loud. So, and UK ticket sales, I, I, I talked to them, and they're also tweeting stuff out. They're expecting a sellout for Auburn. They said that there's very limited tickets for that game, as is, and they're saying that Eastern Kentucky is even, the, it's very, very few tickets remain, and I would imagine a lot of that is some Eastern Kentucky fans. Um, there will be more Eastern Kentucky fans there probably than any other team that has visited Commonwealth Stadium this year. That's also a game where the season ticket holders give their tickets to people who don't get to go to the games that often, and they're like, you know what, I, I don't think I'm going to go to EKU. Here you go, you take these tickets. Well, those are tickets that I already bought, though. True, good point. And, uh, and going back to Saturday, Missouri didn't bring a ton of fans. So there are some factors that explain why it wasn't a sellout. But I, it, it looked like a noon game against Missouri State back in 2008. Back when UK had a semi-winning culture and they still had a 70,000-seat stadium, it looked like one of those games. The corners were not full. Not only were they not full, they were pretty much completely empty. And I was shocked to see it. I was. And... UK again, UK football. Were fans you really see. shocked though? I mean, did, yes, I was shocked to see it. I, I was, mean, that seems a little strong of a description no, for the feeling. Shocked to see it. I, I again, I knew it wasn't going to be a sellout because they never announced that it was a sellout. I imagine that the Missouri game with the chance of rain would keep some people away. I didn't think it'd be at a point where you could count twenty rows and not see a single person. 
and you could do that on the visiting side, upper level. And even the student section wasn't full. And I have ripped on UK student section for a long time, UK football student section, that is. And even basketball is a, a, a bit overrated, in my opinion. But the only thing I, I don't like about the basketball is they never sit down. Well, yeah, that's you, you want that. Not, not if you're sneaking down there because you don't want to sit up in the bleach area where you feel like you lean forward and you're going to die, so you sneak down to the lower level and to get to the student section, and they won't sit down at one point. No, we, uh, that, that's okay, though. You want, you want your students to stand up. But the, even the student section wasn't full, which, again, UK students aren't, especially when it comes to football, they've disappointed it in the past. And, and it, wasn't, it was only a very, very small section of the student section that wasn't filled. But, uh, yeah, shocked is the word that I – have used, would use, it was it was bad. And I hope some UK football fans, maybe some of them will hear, hear this, uh, maybe some of them will hear other media members and realize that if you want UK football to be a thing, you've got to show up. We talked about before the season, Trevor, about how UK football has had this struggle with do fans need to come for the team to win or will the team win when fans come, the old chicken or the egg debate. And in all honesty, I you had two sellouts to start the year. So the fans came, and guess what? The team has won. Now they lost against Florida. But anybody, anybody, anybody that is remotely concerned with UK football would look at their first four games, and if, if, if some magical wizard Trevor came down and said, hey, you can be 3-1 and one just like that, do you want to do it? Any UK football fan would say, hell yes. I mean, even if Kentucky's, win, I mean, if Kentucky gets to a point where, say, they were three and going to this game, I mean, it would, would it? I mean, maybe it would shock you. Obviously, you were utterly shocked at the result of the attendance in the Missouri game, and now I didn't see any aerial views that made it look like it was as big a gaps, like a straight hand smile, like you've described. But even if Kentucky goes in that game three and zero, I myself wouldn't have been shocked if there were, there were patches, small patches, maybe not obviously as big as that you described for the game going into it two and one. But if they were three and going to that game, I still would I would not have been shocked if you told me it was still just you know under a sellout. Now, not hugely gaps under a sellout, but still not a sellout nonetheless. That's the thing that kind of disappoints me. And I don't think anything to do with Kentucky football. I just think it's Kentucky's perspective, the, the the perspective of football from people from fans in general in the state of Kentucky. I don't know if it would be a sellout if Kentucky had beaten Florida. I I think it it would have been very very close. I agree to that. Yeah, I mean, but, but that's, that's almost that's almost my point. Is UK goes out there has maybe one of their better defensive performances under Mark Stoops, loses to a Florida team that's now undefeated st- or still undefeated, now ranked, and has a, a a semi-promising outlook on their year. Especially thanks to their Tennessee comeback. They lose. Kentucky loses to this team. In the last minute, they have a chance to beat that team and have the ball in the final minute, and they come up just short. And that's you made my point for me. So you're you're telling me that you're you come that close to losing, and six thousand fans decide it's not worth it to show up one more time. Not from Missouri, no. Uh, it, I think, I, and this is no disrespect to Missouri, it's disappointing. But, but I mean, it also yeah. has to do with with the opponent as well. I believe. I mean, if this was the Auburn game. If Auburn had been well now, I mean Auburn has struggled. No, I understand that. No, no, Auburn's a much bigger name. Even if Auburn goes into that UK game with a losing record, which I don't think I don't think they're going to do, 
two and two right now, and I think they've got somebody easy this week. San Jose uh, State. I would. So I would still mark them down as a win right away. They'll they'll be three and two. But even if they even if they lost to San Jose State, it's still Auburn. It's it's the name Auburn where Missouri, even though they've won the SEC East the last two years, it's not as sexy as the name. Like I said, I understand not the sellout. I just can't imagine that you have such a great crowd for Florida, you lose a heartbreaker, and so many fans just pack it up and say, eh, I'll wait and see what ends up happening in Missouri, but I'm not going to waste my time going. I might I use the word surprise, but I would definitely not use the word shock at that. I'm sh- I was shocked. I think with your expectations are a little higher for your fan base than mine are, obviously. With, it, it, with how many – with how great the crowd was against Florida, how many fans were there, and just the sense of optimism around Kentucky football. If you would have seen how many seats were empty, Trevor, you you may be shocked too. I know that the camera probably didn't focus in on the seats. No, and no. You, you probably didn't see a ton of media members take pictures of it. Uh, but, man, it was – the edges were pretty bad. And, and I hate saying this, but – you know, Kentucky fans, the ones that are on the fence, again, UK football fans are great. They're loud. They're passionate. They care about this team. If they could if they could clone their bodies, they would, just to make sure it was a sellout crowd and have maybe one of the loudest atmospheres in, in, in college football. Because, I mean, they are crazy loud. I feel bad for them, but the average fair-weather UK fan and there's some that are even basketball, too, that just love misery. Not to be confused with Missouri. They need to step their I stuff up. I don't know. Up, maybe else, no, no coincidence they sound alike. <laughs> they need to step their stuff up, or else Mark Stoops, you're just going to give him another reason to go if he gets another offer. I'm not saying he'll pinpoint that game against Missouri and say, well, you know, like we had started to turn the corner and had some momentum, and we played a ranked Missouri team, and... 6,000, 7,000 fans. What else can I do? Now, the good news is, Kentucky fans, you've got a lot of games left on this season and quite a few good home games. Again, I think the Eastern Kentucky is probably going to look more full than Missouri. Auburn's obviously going to be wild. Tennessee should be a, a great atmosphere. And then you have Charlotte, which will probably be a stinker, but that's okay. You, you can give a pass for that one. And then Louisville, to finish out the year, obviously, will be rowdy. So you've got chances to make up for this, you fair-weather Kentucky fans. Well, you got to remember, though. I mean, you got just you, you get. Yes, you've you've looked good to start this season. You're two and one coming into the Missouri game. Obviously, three and one now. But it just a hot start to this season's not going to change the entire past of the into the minds of Fairweather fans. Fairweather fans need to have a little bit but more what else stability. You want? No more stability. You, you you don't you don't no. lose the last six games last year and get to a bowl and start hot this year. I guarantee you can add another thousand seats in that Missouri game last night of the six thousand that didn't show up. Trevor, you, I, I'm guessing maybe you are on a, a bit of a cold streak with girls. <laughs> well, but going on it, 22 it, years, buddy. <laughs> but if you go to the bars and two out of three times a girl t- talks to you, I bet that fourth weekend you're going to want to go back to the bars because you're feeling pretty good about your chances. I, I usually go over five regardless and still come what, back. Regardless of what your history is, you're still going to want to go back because you're finally on a bit of a hot streak. Things are looking up. Things are looking up for Kentucky football. <laughs> more, more, there's more ways no than excuse, one. There's no excuse for why the crowd was – again, the crowd was good. When I say the crowd was bad, that makes it sound like the people there were bad. That's not the case at all. The in-game atmosphere at UK football has done a complete 180. 
the music's good. The environment's good. It, it, it feels time flies by. We're back in the old days. You'd look at your watch every four minutes and, <laughs> and ask how much longer. Now it's, it's a real football environment with football fans that care. I just couldn't believe how many didn't show up to, to improve on that environment. But again, I, I needed to take that first segment to do that because I've had some time to, I, I don't want to take anything away from the win. And we're going to talk about that and what that means for UK football and what that means for the season and some of the players that, that stepped up in that game and why UK fans should feel even much more optimistic heading into this weekend's Eastern Kentucky game and, and the rest, the, the rest of the season that looms. But man, it, it, it it was almost hard to to stomach that UK football was able to do some do something they haven't done in a while, break a great Missouri road streak, and to do it in front of a a crowd that was I, I would guess you know fifty five thousand people, fifty six thousand people. I was shocked, but we're gonna have to commercial break. Gonna put the put the bad feelings, the bad thoughts away, and talk about what was an amazing game for UK. Uh, there's also some some negative news around UK's team. We'll touch on that because it doesn't seem to be true. Uh, so we're all going to turn our frowns upside down. Kentucky football 3-1. and one. We'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Bus. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of will and You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. That's a lovely accent you have. New Jersey? Austria. Austria? <laughs> well then, <laughs> good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Traveling in a fighter combi On a hippie trail head full of zombies I met a strange lady She made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast And she said Do you come from a land down under? Sports Buzz. Get a text of the show from Chad says, also thought the crowd leaving the game wasn't as excited as they should be. Uh, I'm sure that some of the fans were just tired, perhaps. About 100 fans or students, Trevor, rushed the field after the game, and they were... They, they were excited. UK did a good job to... to to corral them and and make them leave the stadium. They didn't get the goalposts? No, no, they didn't. I'm curious if the SDC would consider that a storm field or rushing the field, storming the field, and charge Kentucky with $250,000. Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, how many people stormed it? About 100 or so? Well, I, I saw it on Snapchat. There was a, you don't know what Snapchat is. Not a clear. 
with your old age. Saw it on. A, I really don't a, know what it is. Saw it on a Snapchat story, which again, you don't know what that is. I know what a story is. <laughs> a Snapchat story. What's a Snapchat story, Trevor? Oh, I don't know. I know what a story is. I just don't know this. I'm assuming it's a story told on Snapchat. It's it's a collection of videos on oh. one person's Snapchat account, and this was the University of Kentucky's story, and it showed students running on the field. So I couldn't specifically count how many were on there. Uh, a rough estimate would be anywhere from 50 to 100. I would be shocked if the SEC made Kentucky pay $250,000 for that. Obviously, it was just a few students in the front row that thought everybody else was going to follow them. They didn't. UK did a good job of corralling them. Nobody was injured and pushing them off to the side. I think that'd be a shame if you charge Kentucky $250,000 for that. At that rate, if somebody shrieks onto the field, you could make the same case that that's rushing the field, and that should be $250,000. So, well, that's, it is Kentucky's third offense, so if it was another program, it, it wouldn't be that much. But <laughs> third offense. So some people were excited. I'm sure some people were tired and, and didn't celebrate the win accordingly. And some a people were fans, drunker than others. A lot of fans I saw were celebrating accordingly. What would define accordingly? Just being pumped up, I guess. In a, in uh, yeah, a, pumped up. In a, in a, in a, whatever, whatever that means for whatever people. But, uh, you know, some people you want to keep the party going. Some people you're just pumped up and happy and you got a smile on your face. Some people keep it to themselves. They celebrate on the inside. You're right. You're right. But anyways, a fantastic win for UK. That Missouri team, they're they're not going to win the East again. They will go to a bowl. They're they're going to lose more road games. That road streak is already dead, but it would have died later this year anyways. They're not world beaters. They lost a lot. They've got some major question marks. That's still a good that's still a good team. It's a good coach team. It's a team with experience. And that was a impressive performance from Kentucky. The wide receivers, I thought, were probably the MVPs. Garrett Johnson, specifically. Dorian Baker, obviously. Dorian Baker's one-handed catch on the sideline. That did not get enough play nationally. That was an unbelievable catch. It also helped UK's helped keep UK's drive alive. Unbelievable. And then his yeah, touchdown. That was a pretty pass. cool catch. I'll give him that. His touchdown catch. I didn't really like the play call. One of the few play calls I didn't like, and that that was the the fade, but a perfectly thrown ball, a great, difficult catch by Dorian Baker, ended up leading to a touchdown. C.J. Conrad, a tight end, finally catches a touchdown pass. Trevor, you're not going to believe me, but I did call that before the play actually happened. Oh, did you? Literally seconds before, said this is where you got to watch out for a tight end. And then I was about ready to make a joke that, but Kentucky never throws to the tight end. And did you tweet this, the, or is this just amongst your your peers? Amongst my peers, so I I, I can't prove it, but it did happen, uh, and that's great. That's good for confidence for C.J. Conrad. That's good for confidence for Patrick Tolles. Patrick, one of the things that stood out is Patrick Tolles just working the middle of the field, and, and he's tried to do that in some games past and had some success here and there but really was able to get it going against Missouri, and as you saw, kind of opened up everything else. A lot of completions to the middle of the field, 22 of 27, 249 yards. 
the only uh, again I, I I'm being I'm being more negative than I wanted to be today. The only bummer about well not the only bummer but one of the bummers about this game was Kentucky just looked so composed, so confident, so ready to win that game. Where last week against Florida it looked like the bright lights, the big stage really got to them, and maybe that is the 28 game, 29 game losing streak. But you got to wonder if you just flip those two games, Trevor. If you had Missouri first, you don't have the the pressure of that of that losing streak. They get comfortable in that Missouri game, face an SEC opponent at home, take on a big environment, and then maybe they're a little more relaxed for the Florida game. Maybe, but I still think either way, regardless, that the the Florida game streak is still going to kind of be in their head. Not like as we talked about before that game. Not as much. I think the kids going. If it wasn't for, I think a lot of people around the the, the players telling them, reminding them. That it wouldn't affect them as much. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, again, you can't complain about one and one or two and one against South at South Carolina versus Florida and versus Missouri. But I do think that that Florida game was Kentucky got got caught wide eyed a few times and looked much more relaxed. Everybody, even the defense, who played well against Florida too. They did that uh, against Missouri, and it, it's kind of a shame because one of Missouri's only touchdown came in that first quarter. I think it was their second or third possession. They had several third downs. Kentucky had several chances to get them off the field. And even Maddie Mock, Maddie Mack, Maddie Mock is not good, Trevor. <laughs> Ooh, he is not a great quarterback. And I was shocked to see Drew Locke come in as early as he did. And he actually did well. He went three of five, 47 yards. I don't know if you watched the game or not. I'm sure you were probably watching Louisville. But I thought after well, he Louisville did that. Louisville was basically over by the time Kentucky came on. I, I well, well, it was over on the scoreboard. Yeah, that's what I meant. Basically, it was over. <laughs> plus, plus watching, I was able to watch it on a computer and put Kentucky on the TV. So it helped. It worked out perfect. Tell me if you agreed with this. When they brought Drew Locke in and he went three of five, 47 yards, I don't. I, I think they ended up having a punt on his drive, but I thought they were going to keep him in the entire game, or at least keep him in a little bit longer. Yeah, I, I thought. Oh wow, they they like what they see. He looks a little. He looks more composed than you'd imagine a freshman does on the road. They're going to keep him in. Uh, obviously, they didn't. They 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 kept Mock in, who didn't throw an interception, but had several. Several, uh, probably five or six passes that should have or could have been picked off. Had one that was picked off by A.J. Stamps returned for a touchdown, which would have turned this into uh, a blowout or at least a potential blowout and a bogus pass interference call. Kentucky did not get a favorable whistle at home. Now, if they would have lost, I don't know, I would have blamed the officials unless that there were some bogus calls that led to Missouri touchdowns. But they didn't get any favors. I thought it was a poorly officiated game on both sides, but Kentucky didn't benefit as much as Missouri did. Eight penalties for Kentucky, three on Missouri, 91 yards for Kentucky, just 30 for Missouri. So to be able to overcome a, a, a not favorable, an unfavorable whistle at home was impressive for UK to be able to do that as well. Well, it's, What made me was, I don't want to use the word impressive, but I was, uh, as for Kentucky fans, I would think to be pleasantly surprised that when I when I turned on the game and Missouri was in the, in the midst of their scoring drive and went up seven nothing, I thought to myself, 
here, here kind of we go again. Can you, I mean, I know obviously we've seen Kentucky handle the pressure of the second half comebacks in the first two games, but with coming off of last week's kind of, I don't want to say pooping the bed against Florida because Florida's was supposed to be a better team and you win me. We're supposed to beat Florida, but it was somewhat kind of a pooping the bed opportunity, a game against Florida. And now you're down seven nothing at home, right away to Missouri. I thought this this could might be bad. This this could be bad for Kentucky. This could be another oh here we go again type moment. This is Kentucky football. You know, are they going to be able to bounce back? And the fact that they were able to right away. I mean, right after. I mean, right after that first quarter, going into the second, the next, the rest three quarters of the game, Kentucky pretty much controlled the game. And I yeah. thought that was that was again another kind of notch that you can put into the 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 pedestal of steps that, that Stoops has made with this program in terms of changing just not only the talent base but the culture and the mindset and the way that that players handle themselves and react to certain situations and games where in the past in a Joker Phillips or you know God forbid a Bill Curry era this game could have been probably twenty twenty seven to fourteen Missouri win with the way it kind of started with Missouri going up seven nothing like that. Yeah, and you're exactly right, and I, I, I forgot to mention this earlier on, but on that Missouri touchdown, and that was the only time that I thought they had a ton of success with the exception of maybe their fourth quarter three points where they probably no, should That was their best drive of the game, I mean, by one? far. The, the, their, the, first, their scoring drive, yeah. Their, yeah. their touchdown well, drive. Their, their last drive where they ended up having to settle for three points was pretty good up until that point. They had a first and goal, and and that would have made the game a bit more interesting. Uh, but uh, they, they came away with a field goal to make it a one-possession game. But you're right. Their first drive was their best drive of the game. And one thing that was standing out to me about that drive was Kentucky was not pressuring Matty Mock. They yeah. weren't going after him. They were allowing him to kind of get comfortable back there. And I and while UK's secondary is much improved, if you give any quarterback on any team a lot of time, who cares what secondary you have? Somebody's going to eventually get open. And that was uh, on their touchdown pass specifically. Moore had all day to run around uh, and, and get by UK secondary while Matty Mock just was able to sit back there. After that, Kentucky made some adjustments, and they went after and got Matty Mock. They only had two sacks, which seemed like they they had more than that. But I'd love to see a stat on how many hurries they had because uh, he was just never comfortable again in that game. And you're right. Kentucky seized control almost instantly after that. And even when Kentucky scored to go up or to tie that game, all the momentum was with Kentucky. At that point, it didn't even feel like a tied game. It almost feels like Kentucky had two touchdowns on their one. And a lot of uh, there were some Kentucky fans that booed Mark Stoops not trying to score in the at the end of the first half. I took some of that booing as booing at the officials who hadn't been great for that first half and spoiler alert they weren't great for the second half either. So I don't know, I don't I we you know, we can't pull in your mind they weren't booing Stoops, they were booing the refs. I I <laughs> am I buying that? No, I mean, I just, I'm just laughing because in, in your mind they were you, 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 they were booing who you want them to boo. That's not, that's not in my mind. I, I, I know some were booing the officials. Okay, you were being that, one that, of them. That's the only chance that uh, I was taking in the game, not booing or cheering or doing anything. Now, and that's the only time that you get that close to the officials is when they're running into the tunnel. I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure, plenty were booing Stoops. I don't care. I don't if and, and Stoops didn't care. But my point is, Kentucky had control of that game. It felt like Kentucky had control of that game. 
they were going to get the ball to start the second half. The only way Missouri was going to get any momentum back was if Kentucky made a mistake. Now, Kentucky, I felt, got a little conservative to start the half. Missouri was able to go back up, but even then, it just never felt like Missouri was going to win that game. I felt like it was Kentucky's game to lose. And then after that field goal, it was it, it was very it was clear whether or not you felt it or not. It was proof on the field. Kentucky goes down, scores a touchdown, able to get another one shortly after. So a hell of a performance. And again, you can't say enough good things about the defense. We talked about on Friday, Trevor, the factor fiction se- segment. I was right about Patrick Toll stepping up. And then we talked about whether or not Kentucky would dominate the trenches. I wouldn't say dominate, but they certainly won. And that was adamant. That was clear. UK's offensive line had a much better game than they did against Florida. Florida's defense line a little bit better against Missouri. Wasn't perfect against Missouri, but better. Gave Patrick Tolles more time to throw, and obviously you saw it. Much better completion percentage. The running backs had more lanes to run through. You know, no, no one dominant rusher, but JoJo Kemp averages five yards a carry. That's pretty impressive. Patrick Tolles had a few runs, like I said, he needed to do. And then the defensive line, I will say, I, I almost would go as far as the defensive line. Dot, well, I, I don't know if I'd say defensive line. But front seven, If when Kentucky decided to rush, uh, Missouri's offensive line ha- had no answer for it, and Matty Mock wasn't a good enough quarterback to adjust. Now, when Kentucky only rushed three, obviously Missouri had some time. But a big win for Kentucky in the trenches, in my opinion. And that's just against SEC opponents in years past. That just doesn't happen. You might have some better athletes. If you can get them the ball, crazy things can happen. See Randall Cobb. But you rarely beat teams in the trenches in the SEC when you go back and look at Kentucky football history. Able to do that against Missouri. So impressive. We need to head to a commercial break. We're going to talk about the Stanley Boom Williams rumor and why it's so stupid. We'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Besides the dash, that really ups the resale value. I think you're going to be okay here. They have a thin candy shell. Hmm. Surprised you didn't know that. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. I think your brain has a thick candy shell. Your, um, your brain has the shell on it. Are you talking? Shut up. Presented by Allen Electric. There's a destination, a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. Place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the jet fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. We're back here on a rainy Tuesday afternoon in Louisville, Kentucky. Trevor's across the river in southern Indiana. It's nasty and rainy over here, too, by the way. Shocking. 
shocked. You're easily shocked though. I don't I don't I don't know if I should like accept that as like you know as an exaggeration or not because you've used the word shocked numerous times in the show now. Well, I, I used it when talking about being shocked about the attendance, which I was. So I'm just wondering if, if you know I should take your and I wasn't description I wasn't as shocking. Shocked. I wasn't literally shocked that it's raining five miles from my house. Well, it's more than five miles. I'm shocked that you think it was five miles. It's probably, I'd guess it's probably within ten. It might be. I guess. Well, you want to take the over under on that? How much you want to bet? I bet you can't get me betting by the end of this radio. I bet, I bet. I bet you. Uh, I have to come by and see you uh, this evening because I was supposed to come see you this weekend and drop something off to you, uh, and I completely forgot. You didn't help reminding me, and uh, so I, I'll, I'm gonna test my uh, speedometer when I leave the studio tonight and head to your house. Oh gosh, what if I'm not home? You can just leave it on the porch, right? No, I'll just come on in. <laughs> oh, I better. Oh, no. uh, you're gonna come home and find me sitting on your couch, and probably in my underwear, maybe a t-shirt on, no promises. A sandwich oh, in one hand. I'm not gonna describe what'll be in the other, and well, watch it, watching well, TV, just waiting for you and the missus to come home. Well, we'll have to, we'll we'll have to call the cops. A- Abe will I, be laying on the next to me. I'm rubbing did, his belly. <laughs> did you see that Joe's older than dirt is closing at the end of this month? At the end of October. What <laughs> twelve year olds a day serve alcohol too this time? Here, I don't think they did any. There's supposedly there's a new landlord that is buying the property, and after 76 years, Not continuously, will be, will be closing their doors. That is kind of depressing. I like Joe's. I haven't been to Joe's in a while. It's not far from my house uh, where I grew up, so I know Joe's well. I used to play. Uh, I used to do be in a bowling league next to Joe's right there at Linden Lane, so I would go frequent Joe's often when they weren't closed for legal reasons uh so yeah it's kind of sad to see it's it's amazing uh it's another kind of a sta- uh, an establishment with with a history kind of going now you have phoenix hill now you have joe's and i mean i could name a few other what's next our place going to go under another place I, i've been drinking it since i was 15 it was i'm kind of sad although joe's is right by my dad's house it's, it's by one of my good friend's house it wasn't it wasn't my favorite bar to go to. We were up there on Thursday night, though, watching football. It always it always brought an interesting crowd, <laughs> which was fun for people watching. And they had pool, they had darts, they had cornhole up there. Whatever you wanted to do, they had it. And the food was okay. Their beer prices were nothing to write home about. But yeah, you hate to see something that has been such a staple in Louisville for so long closed. I'm yeah. a, I'm a little bu- I'm a little bummed. I'm a little bummed about it. I wouldn't say I'm shocked, but I'm a little bummed. Yeah, I, I, you're you're not shocked. I, uh, I guess I'm shocked that they're again to to make point that their their track record. I'm shocked that they're closing at their own you know on their own you know free will. But uh, I'm I'm still a little. Sh- I guess I'm a little uh, bummed that they are closing and, and nonetheless. A lot of, a lot I mean, of I shocking. don't go out anymore and it, 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 as well, but I haven't been to Joe's, like I said, in probably a couple. It's at least probably been two or three years since I've even been there. But, you know, it's it's still kind of a, a like you mentioned, a staple of my, I don't want to use the word childhood, it is a bar, but, you know, my, my youth in general. I like uh, one of the articles I was reading about them closing down, they have the big moose in the front of their property. Yep. 
and they asked how when that moose was delivered there when when they when they brought it in how long has it been there and the current the current owners i think are too old to really be around the bar so they have managers and i i think they may be related to the owners and they said that they had no idea when the moose was put there mysterious moose trevor uh, but it's all i been there as I, long I, as i can remember which i've got a lot of friends that live in that area like i said my dad lives in that area trevor you live in that area that's yep. pretty good property i wonder what they'll put there oh, if it's good question i hope it's I, I i hope it's another delicious restaurant but uh i am I, I hope it's not like a hair salon or something stupid like that or like a business center where they have offices that's i, I could see it being kind of a business center or maybe even a uh i don't know i could see it turning it into like a little bit of a mini plaza kind of like you have across the street from it where there's like subway and dominoes and and one of those little kind of buildings like that with with a few storefronts in it. I can see them putting that there. I, mean, I looked at right behind the Thornton's. Fence. It's kind of hidden right behind the Thornton's a little bit when you're coming around yeah. the corner. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're heading down, if you're heading down that road, you're going to run past it. Yeah, I mean, but if you're if you're you know obviously just coming up uh, up through uh, uh, with uh, Thornton's and Joe's on your left, and you're just going straight or going right to go to Stover Road, you you don't you wouldn't notice it. When I was house hunting and i ended up living in st matthews but i looked at a house in linden where their backyard basically fed into joe's and that was a positive not a negative for that house (laughs) i would have loved that i would have loved that and you could just go up there have a few beers and just be able to walk home not to worry about getting a cab and and that's part you ever lived that close to a bar like that i mean i I have not let me i'm trying to think in my head no i've not I have. I lived uh, about sixty feet from the Waffle House and Hikes Lane area, and therefore I was very not as close to, but pretty, pretty walkable distance. Hikes Point Lounge, right over there. I know if you, I'm sure you know where Hikes Point Lounge is. Another another staple of my my youth in terms of uh, long memories of growing up and going into bars, especially before I was 21. Not to get them in trouble too much, but uh, you know you've seen me. I look like I was probably at 16. Looked like I was 32. So it's not their fault. And uh, I used to walk up there occasionally, and then of course, just you know, jump right over into the Waffle House and walk right home. It, it, it's it's a, it's nice. It has it definitely has its perks. When I'm young, I I would have thought that would have been nice. Now, if I'm thirty and I've got kids, or thirty five and I've got kids, then it wouldn't be ideal. Uh, but for my first house, it was kind of a plus, and also my friends lived around there. Uh, the house ended up just being a pretty decent sized house, but. Uh, not as big on the inside as it looked on the outside. Needed needed a lot of work and this and that. So it it wasn't the house for me. But yeah, it, it is sad news about Joe's. It's five o'clock. We need to head to commercial break. We'll come back. We'll talk boom after the break. We'll talk Calipari after the break. So stick around here on fourteen fifty the Sports Bus. With T.J. Walker. I'm a maniac, maniac on the floor. And I'm dancing like I've never danced before. Yeah. On 1450, the sports buzz. Did you eat a lot of paint chips when you were a kid? <laughs> Why? She's 
over the break with Trevor. Trevor told me that he woke up at 3.15 this afternoon. And yet I got here on time still, by the way. Not because he took a nap at noon or (laughs) he woke up at 6 a.m. and was tired but, uh, you know, needed to take a nap at 1. Nope, he he just went to bed at, he did actually go to bed at what, 6 a.m., 7 a.m.? About 7 this morning, yeah. Which is so weird. Your sleeping habits are what we on the show called shocking. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good, I mean, I don't know. Does that mean it's really shocking or that's just, if you just find it shocking, it's, it's a, it's no, a vicious it's, cycle. It is. It's unusual and it's probably unhealthy to be honest. Uh, yeah, quite possibly. I mean, I, I usually need a good, I used to be in my younger days, go five hours and be up and at them and run around. Now I need, I legitimately need like eight hours of sleep, if not more. Or otherwise, I'm just not going to get up on time. And I'm, or if I do get up, I'm going to be kind of cranky and probably ready to fall back asleep within a few hours. So, and it's, I don't know, I don't like going to bed that early, though. I mean, when I get home at night, I want to do a few things, play some video games, watch some TV, maybe catch a movie, Netflix, whatever it may be. And next thing I know, it's like three or four in the morning. What you need to do is you need to get. You need to get a girlfriend that makes you go to bed. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The, the, only, the few times I've actually ever had legitimate sleep patterns was when I was in relationships. Where the yeah. one of my I grew up, I dated. I mean, we were we were went out for almost seven years, eight years, I guess it was. And and she would, I mean, she was a go to bed early person, and she would have me. I'd be in bed probably eleven thirty, twelve, and asleep when I was with her. See, and we'd that's, be getting. That's... Now I wouldn't get up still as early. She'd be getting up at. I mean, she she was a teacher at one point, so she was getting up really early. But I mean, normally she'd still. I'd usually get up still around like maybe like nine thirty ten, I guess maybe. Yeah, well, that's good to that's good to know that you can get back to it. I think you should, or you should at least try. Uh, I can't sleep in regardless. So if I go to bed at two a.m., it's not going to matter. If I go to bed at three a.m., it's not going to matter. I'm going to wake up. Pretty much no later than nine. You sound like my buddy's kid. My buddy's kid's just like that. He's the same way. He'll go to bed. He can go to bed at six in the morning and still wake up at eight a.m. Usually, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna wake up at eight or nine, and so I try to go to bed earlier so I can get a good night's sleep. In my defense, though, I just I don't want to wake up bored. If I'm gonna wake up, I'm ready to go right to work. If I get up at like eleven o'clock or ten o'clock, why not play? Why not play video games in the morning? Well, then, because in my case, uh, by that time, with what goes along with playing video games, I won't want to go to work at three o'clock. That's the, if, if you have. Do you need to describe more into what I'm talking about? No. Okay. No. I mean, no, video I, games is go that goes they go hand in hand together. I mean, I can't play video games with I can't do one without the other. You're okay. All right. I, well, I, I'm looking out for your best interest, but I feel you. you know, I appreciate you it. Do, you, you do what you need to do. <laughs> Looking out for not his team's best interest. You do your thing, Stanley, Trevor. <laughs> Stanley Boone Williams was clearly upset after Kentucky's win against Missouri, which is disappointing to see no matter what's true, what's not true. He was upset after the game. Uh, he didn't go out and celebrate with his teammates on the field like everybody else. He just walked back into the locker room and went back there. And, and that was, that's, he, he didn't, he wasn't happy. And maybe it's because JoJo Kemp 
had 13 carries and he only ended up with seven, maybe because JoJo Kemp played virtually the remainder of the second half. Whatever it is, he was upset. And regardless of what has happened since then, it is wrong of him to be upset. He's only a sophomore. He's young. He can learn from it. It's not the end of the world, uh, but it's a bummer to to see him react that way. Team players don't do that. That's okay, though. He, he can learn from that. Now, Mark Stoops was asked about this during the football luncheon yesterday. Every Monday there's a football luncheon where he talks to the media longer than he does any other day of the week. He was asked about Stanley Boom Williams, said they hadn't had a chance to talk. Uh, Stanley had some school stuff he had to take care of, and that was that they planned on meeting later. Now, during his coach's show Monday night, he said that uh, he did talk to Stanley. They're going to keep it internal, and he didn't want to comment on it any further. Now, I had tweeted out last night, I didn't think that sounded promising. I, I think, and his tone didn't sound promising. I think if you want to keep it internal, that's fine. Keep it internal. But he could have said something along the lines, Trevor, of, uh, you know, he made a mistake. He's a good kid. We're going to keep it internal, and that's that. Uh, he's a. We're going to keep it internal. We're going to move on. He made a mistake. You know, something he could have easily put a positive spin on it, and it didn't sound so positive with his comments last night. So sure enough, this morning, Trevor, you have uh, a rumor go around that he wasn't going to go to practice today. And he wasn't, there was talks that he could leave the UK football program. Now that has gotten. There's, there's got to be more than not getting six carries, six less carries than JoJo Kim to the story. If, the, if, if there's yeah. any truth to that. Now I'm not saying so, there's, there's truth to that rumor, but if there is, there's got to be a lot more combined than that. Cause there's no way he's that petty. No way. It was Ryan Lemond of Kentucky sports radio who said his oh, sources. Well, I don't believe that. We're telling him that he thought he was going to miss practice. Uh, I went back to listen to exactly what he said just because I didn't want to get it wrong when talking about it today. He did say that his sources said that, but he said he wasn't 100% sure. That's just what he was hearing. Uh, Credit to Matt Jones for not really buying into what Ryan Lemon was saying. He didn't completely dismiss it, but he also didn't report it as fact or anything like that. So I did did feel like it got overblown a tiny, a tiny, bit because nobody was saying it was factually happening Uh, ryan lemon just said that he heard that it could happen or that somebody was saying that he thinks it may happen but there were some questions about the again the credibility of that source so it sounded like it was really blown out of proportion Uh, kentucky immediately said that stanley boom williams is still on the team i didn't hear now i haven't heard anybody say if he was going to be a practice or not the practice is going on right now uh, started probably about an hour ago. We're going to hear Mark Stoops talk about that practice here in a little bit, and you, you better believe he's going to be asked about it. Uh, but it seems much to do about nothing, ultimately, Trevor. Now, again, Stanley Boom Williams being upset after the game is wrong and disappointing, but as long as he practiced today, I think it's going to be water under the bridge going forward, don't you think? Him being disappointed after that game isn't wrong and disappointing. It's stupid and ridiculous. And, and, and yeah. there's many of things I'll accept. Oh, wrong, disappointing, stupid, ridiculous. <laughs> same birds of a feather. No, well, possibly, yes. I'm shocked that you would think that. But, I mean, it, 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 there's lots of things I'd accept use for as an excuse. Being upset because you had a, you, you, had a, you were having a bad game. And I was, okay, I'm okay with being upset that young or not. But to, to reflect it on, to not even show 
joy that you just won a big game or show joy towards your teammate who, I mean, granted, only had six more carries than you did. I mean, he did a lot more with those six carries than you did. I mean, outside of an 11-yard run, Stanton Boom Williams, I know he had a fumble that went out of bounds, plus he had six carries for 10 yards. So clearly he struggled. He had a bad game. It happens. It's going to happen. It's not going to be the first nor the last time that he has a bad game. But don't go off and grab your ball and run away with it and run away and I think more of the so the rumors. I mean, it's is it, correct me if I'm wrong, but then probably every rumor that you've kind of went through all kind of fell into like a dominoes after JoJo Kemp was kind of listed as a starter for for Eastern Kentucky, and that's when kind of the rumors all just started floating and more dominoes started falling into place in terms of people. Probably, everyone has their source and says, "Yeah, oh now oh, Kemp's going to be the starter." So Stanley B. Williams obviously is not going to be on the team anymore. He's not going to be at practice. He's not going to be. This, I think that's what kind of an over-exaggeration of Stoops maybe, maybe – and whether he should have or not, maybe he said Kemp's going to be a starter, and it's irrelevant if he is a starter personally, if you ask me. I mean, Stanley Boom Williams has been a starter each week, and the, and the game's going into EKU, and JoJo Kemp's had his fair share of carries. So I don't think that's really a, a irrelevant you know, factor in who's going to carry the, the ball the most. But I think that kind of started the whirlwind of, oh, there must be something more to this other than the fact that maybe he's just saying that Kemp – played the best game against Missouri, and he's going to be rewarded by getting the official start against EKU. And, and that's, a, that's a good point, and that's something I, I hadn't mentioned, is the depth, chart was, the depth chart was released on Monday morning, and maybe after that, Stanley Boom Williams was upset. Maybe, maybe his conversation, maybe his meeting with Mark Stoops didn't go as well as people thought. Maybe you know he wasn't apologetic and said that he deserves to play more, and maybe it it, it, it that kind of re-sparked his emotions from Saturday, and he didn't handle it like you would like to see any student-athlete handle it. And then, like you mentioned, maybe that's where the rumors came from. But eventually, you're going to calm down. You're going to settle down. You're going to realize what's important, realize what you need to do. And, and I, I'm sure everything will be fine here. Again, we'll learn more in probably an hour. We won't be able to talk about it till tomorrow's show. But we'll learn more, and, and Mark Stoops will make a comment on it if, if – if this one doesn't sound optimistic today, if he doesn't say, and if Stanley Williams didn't practice, then I, I would say that you'd raise your concern meter out of 10 up to probably about an 8. But uh, we'll see. Now, the good news is it is Eastern Kentucky this weekend. You do have a long break before you play Auburn, a lot of time to get things figured, a lot of, a lot of time to figure things out. So it's not it's not as if Auburn's this weekend and maybe you need to suspend Stanley Boom Williams for a quarter because he's not handling this in the best light. Uh, you could probably do that against Eastern Kentucky if it comes to that, but a long time to get all this worked out. Poked fun at this word and this term and this description many a times a day, but not figuratively, but literally, I would be shocked if anything <laughs> happens beyond getting it, out of control. It, yeah, I mean, I just I don't see anything happening on against EQ in terms of maybe if Kim gets a start. Williams still gets a, a nice share of carries, and and this is completely forgotten about, and just used as kind of a a early week uh, talking point to get us through a game a, a week that because you don't want to preview Eastern Kentucky. I mean, as you know, you, listen, you don't want to preview. Listen, I didn't want to preview Sanford that much for the Louisville game last week. Me and Nick even said it a couple times in his show. It's like, I mean, we're gonna we can talk about we can talk about it, but does anybody really want to hear us break down Sanford? I mean, I, I didn't want to hear it, and I was on the show. So, I mean, kind of the same feeling for EKU. I mean, yeah, we can break it down a little bit, but, I mean, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, no disrespect to Eastern Kentucky, but you got to have something else to talk about. So that's what this seems to be more of a blowing something out of proportion to, to fill the gap that is a week against a 
level of component like Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, yeah well, we're going to talk some about Eastern Kentucky. There is something <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying. I, I like to talk about EKU. <laughs> we're going to talk about the other sport, basketball, which fans are already lined up, waiting to line up. Uh, they're going to have that sprint across the street but, at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. Trevor, you're I love, probably They're not lined up. They're waiting in line to get in line. That's, that's exactly. the, the, I love that. Exactly. Uh, and you have to you have to love their loyalty, which brings me into my segue of John Calipari saying he was loyal to the Harrison Twins ah, in yes. that Wisconsin game, and that's why they were in the game. Now, here's his exact quote. I'm going to read it. Please do. Now you, may, now, you may say, why didn't you have Tyler and Devin in at the end of the Wisconsin game? You probably would have won, Calipari said during his hour-long talk at a coaching clinic. Because I was being loyal to those two, those other two who led us to a championship game a year ago, and they deserve to be on that court. That's why I did it. I knew who was playing well and who was struggling. You think I wasn't sitting there watching it, but I owed it to those two to do it. Now, here's my problems with this. I got many of them, but go on. Here's my problems with this. One, he should and he was quoting what other people may say when he said you probably would have won. He shouldn't have said that. He shouldn't have said you probably wouldn't have won and he shouldn't have said the part about he knew who was playing well and who was struggling. If he would have left those parts out and just said that the reason he didn't play Tyler Ulis and Devin Booker was partially because he felt loyal he needed to feel loyal to Andrew and Aaron Harrison. I wouldn't have a problem with this entire thing. Now, as you have it, he didn't say that. He added those parts to it, and it makes it a dumb comment. It is. It's not the smartest thing to say. John Calipari probably just needs to move on from the Wisconsin game. But he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't care about that. He cares about being in the news again, and he's doing just that. You have people talking about him. He's back in the in the news cycle during football season, again, just after he got in the Hall of Fame. So ultimately, that's what he cares about. I don't know if he intentionally said this because he knew it would get a lot of clicks and get a lot of people talking about him. I don't know. Maybe he did. He went to Facebook almost instantly after this was being reported and said this. Let me make this clear. The Twins dragged us to the Final Four in 2014 and helped us help lead us to 38 straight wins in a Final Four this past season. I loved coaching them. It never entered my mind to sub those two in that game or any other game late. Those two had come through for two years in critical moments. My loyalty was based on results. And I think that was perfectly said. I don't that know. Is, is, it, is it me? Does the word, using the word dragged seem inappropriate a little bit? Uh, I mean, drag, but I don't know. You're getting, you're just, you hate John Calipari, so you're, <laughs> you're going to pick at any word. Bad touche. Uh, I'll give you that. They, did they drag? They probably didn't drag them because they had help from other people, but without Aaron Harrison's shots, you don't make it that far, clearly. So drag, probably the wrong word, but if you want to get that critical, then you need to go back to bed, Trevor. <laughs> I but, wish I could. <laughs> um, anyways, he is right about that. I, we, I don't really want to go back and talk about the Wisconsin-Kentucky game. I don't want to relive those memories. If you're a Kentucky fan, you don't want to either. You want to put it in the past and forget about it and move on to the next season and kind of reflect on what a good year it was up until that point. But I almost think... If he goes with Tyler Ulis and Devin Booker in those final minutes against Wisconsin, if you lose, the heat you're going to get would be would be terrible. It'd be way worse than what it was in in, in retrospect. It would be awful. 
you have a guy in Aaron Harrison who hit big shot after big shot for for 2014. It's going to be one of the most memorable Kentucky tournament runs of all time. And then people, you know, you can't forget that huge three-pointer he hit against Notre Dame. Notre Dame came back right down and hit another big one. But that certainly was a – that helped keep momentum with Kentucky. It was a huge shot. He hit big shots. He liked the cl- – he, he, liked, he was clutch in, in very critical situations. So keeping him on the floor, I don't know if that's – it's like John Calipari said in his rebuttal, uh, his loyalty was based on results. So you have to keep Aaron Harrison on the floor. Now, if you want to play Tyler Uless, if you want to play Tyler Uless and Andrew Harrison, that's a different story. You can, you can criticize this. You can criticize that. But Kentucky lost that game. John Calipari made a, a comment that he probably shouldn't have. But Trevor, he's getting talked about again. So really, what can what can you say? Can you blame? Yeah, if that's his goal, then I mean, accomplished. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's being talked about, and you know, normally if you're being talked about at this point in the season, there's one of you know, it's usually one of only two things: you've just signed a big recruit, or you just got put on probation like SMU. And neither one of those occurred, and he's still getting into the spotlight, which is what Cal likes to be. He wants to be in the spotlight. He has to, you know, he wants people to look at him and say how pretty he is and how nice his hair looks and, you know, how funny he is and, and, and do all those things to him. He he worships it. He lives off. He thrives off. He needs it more than oxygen. But, I mean, I, why has it got to be a package deal for the twins anyway? Just because they're twins. I mean, why? Yeah, you, well, I mean, that, that's how they've been the entire – that's how they've been. See, that, there's your first problem in terms of, of – you know, I, co- I mean, I granted, I know Cal Party as much as I don't. This this kid dislike him. He's in, knows more. He will forget about coaching more than I'll ever probably know. I get that and that little cliche, but I mean, I, I agree with you. I wouldn't have taken Aaron out, but you know how my feelings about Andrew and how I and compared, especially how I think about Tyler Ulis, and there was your biggest mistake was leaving Andrew. Now, I mean, depending on which that, way you look I, at I, it, too. That's the biggest mistake. I do. Which yeah, was the better team. They 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 were the better team that day. I had said all week during but my Uless show. But Ulis was the better player that game. Well, you know, but again, are you, it's the Final Four, Trevor. It's uh, the fi- you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If possibly. You lose game. I if agree. you play Tyler Ulis and you lose, people are complaining about that. Yeah. If you play Andrew Harrison and you lose, people are going to complain about that. He had to make a decision, and he went with the more experienced players, and uh, so what? Wisconsin played a hell of a game. That needs to be what the attention's on, is that Wisconsin won that game and was able to beat a Kentucky team that will go down in the history books more so than that Wisconsin team. The only thing you remember about that Wisconsin team is that they beat that UK team. The thing you'll remember about that UK team is they started the season 38-0. Now, I got to clay we're running out of time. I, I know gotta, for, I, think, I think of Frank Kaminsky too with that Wisconsin, not just they beat Kentucky. You'll yeah, but in in 15 years will you? Maybe you will. Well, I will. Yeah, but no, the normal person probably not. Yeah. yeah but you, the, get, you get what I'm saying. Uh Clayby116 says, I think he just shouldn't have used the word loyal. I don't disagree. Trusted or yeah. believed in the twins would have been better word and reasoning and made uh, and made more sense. I agree with that. Loyal. I agree with that statement. Loyal. loyal was a bad word to use. Yeah, and I don't – his follow-up comments uh, seem to be more in line with trust, and I'm sure he probably meant that. If he talked for an hour, I'd talk for an hour and 30 minutes every day, and you can't even count all the stupid things I say, Trevor. <laughs> so, I lost count early in this show alone. It, so it happens. Uh, but again, he's in the news, so so he likes it, and that's uh, the you know everybody's overreacting to it. Now this is interesting. Boom Williams not available for interviews today, uh, which is understandable. 
which is understandable. That's probably not the most promising thing you want to hear. <laughs> and obviously what it tells me is that Kentucky maybe doesn't trust him to say the right things, which again, 19-year-old kid, immature, maybe he does say something stupid. But this is what kind of makes me upset, Trevor. UK, UK spokesman, and I know exactly who it is, Tony Neely, says policy is to not make players who have dropped on the depth chart available. How long has that policy been going on? Because I don't remember them ever doing that before. Just started Just started yesterday, actually. Uh, but it makes sense, though. I mean, if you're bumping someone down the depth chart, the probably the last thing, especially an 18-, 19-year-old kid, one of the last things you want to do is, is put them, you know, for the most part, I'm sure there's some that can handle it, but I can understand not wanting them to be able to speak to the media, you know, because emotional. So the same reason you don't want them probably on Twitter as well. That is uh, – that's – First off, UK, don't you make just up made excuses. that up. They just made that don't, up. Yeah, don't, don't make up excuses for why you're not. And I, I, I would, why don't make up excuses? Just say, hey, given all the all the news, we're not going to make him available today. Everything's fine. Uh, we'll let Stoops comment on it, but we're going to let him get back to class. Or even make up an excuse that he's got to go to class. Don't make <laughs> up players who have moved down on the depth chart. Don't speak to the media. Because that's that's, that's nah, have we has that been come across before though where a player no. I mean no 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 I mean I don't, it depends on I, I mean I don't I can't think of I mean how many I mean I guess if Tolls was to lose his starting position to to Barker would he I guess it would technically would be unavailable as well to the media by that rule that that's true. And I guess now I, I, I'm sure it probably will be a, a rule now. You need to keep this circle in your mind. You got better memory than I do. Let's remember this this time. And the next time there's a, a depth chart adjustment, i.e., someone moving you know down the depth chart. Let's see if they're talked to in the media afterwards. Let's, let's mark now, this down mentally and just just to see if just to kind of test this this theory. If this was just another oh our well, PR excuse. There's other. There's probably better journalists out there that will remember it too. <laughs> so, with that being said, better journalists out there that'll forget it. <laughs> Twenty minutes ago, I said we'll learn more and we'll be able to tell if this situation is just going to be water under the bridge or if it's going to be something that could be a concern moving forward. This is this isn't the deciding factor one way or the other, uh, but this isn't the positive response you wanted to hear immediately. Again, this, this just probably tells you though he's maybe upset. It doesn't mean that there's anything to it beyond him yeah, being but even upset. If, but even if he's still upset, that's not good. He should be able to handle it. I mean, I don't care if he's just a sophomore. He's a sophomore no, alone. He should be able to be able to talk to well, the media and be able to at least just say no comment. Yeah, I, I get UK wanting to be careful of him talking to the media because, again, he's 19 and, and you're saying he should be able to. He probably should, but Again, you're going to have. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's probably going to be 15 different reporters. You're going to have them, maybe some of them, maybe trying to bait him in for a good quote. <laughs> some of them, probably than, 50 you know, percent of them. <laughs> you know, do you think you're better than JoJo Kemp? A lot of those hard questions. Where okay, you're 19, and those wounds are still fresh. I'm not saying he's still upset. We'll find out today if he is. I don't think that necessarily means he's still upset. I think it means maybe they don't trust him to say the right things, which they do that for a lot of players. They don't make freshmen available till the season starts. They don't let the quarterbacks talk before the season starts. You know, they, they definitely try to control having that, that big quote, that catchy quote that everybody wants to see. And that's what I see in this situation. I see that more of that, that being what you just described is just 
avoiding him maybe dropping a quote because clearly he might be upset that and, and it, I don't know if it's a depth chart related situation that's causing him to be upset for all I know he could just you know the, the the a baby's mama or his girlfriend might be just giving him a hard time and it's kind of reflecting into his his play and his feelings on the field I mean who knows what it could be that could, that could be causing him to be a little in the bad mood situation but yeah I think we probably know what it is he uh, wants more playing time and he thinks he's better than Jojo Kemp and he is better than Jojo Kemp but you go with the hot hand in football. Kemp had a better game. It happens. Much, yeah, pretty much every position you go with the hot hand. And JoJo Kemp was the hotter hand. Big deal. Stanley Williams is still going to have monster games at UK if he keeps his work, his work ethic and keeps a good attitude about him. He's the most talented player on UK's offense. He needs to remember that and, and take a chill pill, and I'm sure he probably will again. And I've said young. it before, though. He needs to get 14 to 14 more carries a game. And now I know he only had seven against against Missouri, and that's ideally not what I want, is at least in terms of my, what I see as a perspective of what they should be doing. But I, I'm more – I was more – when I say that, I guess I think more of an individual should have 14 carries, and I, I usually use Boom Williams' name because he is the most talented individual running back. But the fact that Kemp's had 13 carries, I think uh, Horton had, what, nine carries, eight carries, and then Boom seven. And just that in general, I, I just want to see the running game more being employed as a team, I guess, as much not as much so as to one individual. Yeah, we're out of time for today. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. We'll talk Calipari. We kind of cut short of that with the uh, boom news. So also talk SMU. Don't think I forgot about it. Just not enough time on some shows. So join us Can't tomorrow. Can't talk bad about Larry Brown, though. No, I love me some Larry Brown. 1450, the sports buzz, 4 o'clock. Look forward to uh, to being back. I'm, I'm, I missed you all on Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. Take the Jordan boy and show him how Kentucky do Uncle Freeze Kentucky blue They said don't forget 270 we hitting two Song call it blue grass song call it purple I'm a